Hello, I am Yogini Sumita and this is Meditation, Yoga and Stuff Podcast. I believe my dharma or my life's purpose is to share my understanding of meditation, yoga and Ayurveda, holistic healing science of India. I make these amazing wisdoms accessible and adaptable for present time. So let's start. Welcome to the podcast. We are still continuing with the yoga of mind. Last week was Yoga Sutra. I talked a little bit about that and today I am talking about Bhagavad Gita. You may have heard of Bhagavad Gita, you may have not heard of Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is the longest poem in human history. It is beautifully written. It is a part of Mahabharata. Sometimes some scholars say that it is not part of Mahabharata. It was written later and some scholars say that it is written with the Mahabharata. So what is Mahabharata? Mahabharata is an epic story of humanity's basically tackle of war, about the war, about the kingdom of Bharata, which is ancient India. And this is a really beautifully written story of that. And there are a lot of ups and downs in this story. There are a lot of emotional things. When we look at this story, there is one fantastical layer where we see the war, the almost like a game of thrones happening, where everyone is fighting for this throne of Bharata and beautifully written. The whole stories behind each and every character's life is really absolutely fantastic. And when we start reading this, we see that everyone's viewpoint and everyone is correcting in a way, you know, and how we get divided between the characters, what is right, what is wrong. And here there is a character Krishna, which is believed to be avatar or a reincarnation of the divine itself. And Krishna is in his human form and he is on this earth to help the humanity. And Krishna name means, Krishna means the dark one. So here Krishna is sometimes depicted blue or dark or black. So Krishna means dark one. And he is, he is a beautiful character, you know, really. Krishna teaches us how to live life fully, you know, in every aspect of life. Even the food he chooses, everyday food is very tasty, colorful. So very beautiful character. And even the God reincarnated cannot escape the war. So he personally, he takes the vow of not lifting his sword, but he then is requested by Arjuna one of the prince to help him as his charioter. So the big war is between cousins. There are 100 cousins on one side. They're known as Kaurava. This is the fantastical part. There are 100 cousins on one side and there are five cousins on the other side. So these two cousins, their fathers are brothers. So that's the story. And out of these five brothers, the second one is amazing warrior. He has not lost any war in his life. So he's one of the best warriors. But the story of Bhagavad Gita starts where Arjuna is in the field 
and he see opposite him standing all his cousins he see his grandfather his guru his teacher he has to fight against them now because of this war for the land and he just goes into nervous breakdown and he starts questioning is this right thing to do and even though he knows that so many people are dependent on him and as his dharma he needs to fight the war but he starts questioning that is this right thing to do he starts questioning everything so this is basically completely meltdown from from arjuna's side and here krishna is his charioteer now arjuna has five horses white horses on his chariot and you will find the picture where krishna has turned back and explaining the wisdom of yoga of mind or wisdom of yoga to arjuna to the prince and now realistically we don't know how much time has passed it could be few minutes or it could be it has gone like ages because wisdom of yoga is quite deep and so the whole poem of bhagavad gita this is where the communication between krishna and arjuna now we need to understand that my understanding is here is that arjuna is in complete meltdown and it shows us that even the warrior who has never lost a war can still go through the self doubt he's wondering his existence he's wondering am i doing this right what is the purpose of this war so many people are going to die i'm fighting against this so all these questions he asks krishna and krishna gives him answer and he tells him to lift your weapon and fight now the question arises like krishna being the divine how can krishna encourage arjuna to fight and this is where we now let go of the fantastical just the top part of the story and we go towards the philosophical side so here the symbolism is arjuna is basically us krishna is the divine within us and the five horses represent as our five senses and if we don't have the control of our mind higher mind on these senses these five senses through which we experience the world are going to go all over the place right if there is no control because so much information comes in but what we do with it is very important how do we face take this information and make sense for our life now when situations like meltdown happens we need to go towards our inner guru and basically dust ourselves and pick up that you know bow and arrow and start our fight for the life so this is my understanding another symbolism i find here is that the the cousins uh, hundred cousins basically represents our thoughts you know and these thoughts there are good and bad there are a lot of bad cousins but there are also good cousins in that who fight from the side of arjuna so here we need to understand that you know that inner battle of good and bad is always happening within us and we have to work with our self to win this war and this is where we need to understand the concepts uh, there are some beautiful concepts in bhagavad gita like karma yoga which means 
basically selfless service you know service without any expectation of reward how that is really amazing for our emotional mental health then the wisdom of also understanding the immortality of the soul now if you believe this concept if you don't believe this concept that's okay but just understanding that this is a possibility like how there is a divine within us is very powerful and sometimes we need some sort of faith doesn't matter what you believe in but that faith is very important so the bhagavad gita tells us about that bhagavad gita also talks about our duty our dharma and our karma so beautiful understanding of dharma is our life's purpose so here arjuna's life purpose because he was a warrior prince his job was to protect his people by lifting that bow and arrow and fighting the war that's why krishna was encouraging him to fight the war so it was his duty it was his dharma and he had to do it and so for that you need a lot of inner strength a lot of understanding of okay i'm doing this there are going to be positive and negative consequences but i'm going to do my dharma which is to protect people of this land so that's why he needed to fight the war now in this modern world we are not necessarily fighting the war as such like with bow and arrow but we do have our you know there are few things sometimes we have to go in which may be not pleasant for us but we have to do it because for the bigger picture and so for example i truly believe that my dharma is share wisdom of yoga ayurveda and meditation and to do this this is basically my podcast is my selfless work here i'm not expecting any monetary reward all my wish is to help people to understand these wisdoms and hopefully do these practices for their betterment of their life this is my reward there is no really monetary gain or anything we are living in this modern world where we do have to pay the bills so the question is then i am putting this much time into this podcast what is the outcome here for me i can look at it as a, a maybe there is no financial reward and not do it but i love this and i truly believe that this is going to help others so here i had to let go of my worries about the financial thing and just enjoy the joy and consciously do this regularly i've been doing this for one year now and i truly look forward to do this that joy so i'm choosing that joy over the monetary thing for the monetary thing i have to then think about what can i do in other ways to do the income and and it works out you know this is how the life is so this is where we need to understand what gives us that true joy and that's how the dharma is true joy even though arjuna doesn't want to fight the war but he is amazing warrior and he needs to do this so he need to pick up that bow and arrow and start fighting so that's his way of living in at that time then also the concept of karma like you know every action has a reaction these consequences this is law of physics in action reaction is going to happen so no matter what we do now this action will have a reaction opposite and equal reaction so how that law of karma works is absolutely fantastic you know and it's fascinating how universe is so divine at the same time it has these almost unwritten laws you know 
law of karma is one of that and uh, another layer of this story if we go a little bit deeper we can see that the whole concept is basically you know our inner battles with our good and bad within us so the thoughts which are dark negative thoughts and thoughts which are positive thoughts so even though say hundreds of negative thoughts which are represent as kauravas and then the five positive thoughts if they when they are united they can be really strong so cousins both side like 100 cousins and five cousins is basically good and bad so there may be hundreds of dark thoughts but if you just have few positive thought and unite that and use their strength then they become more strong than the 100 negative thoughts so this is how our our mind of yoga works so how can we bring this into our day to day life so again krishna talks about the meditation practices krishna talks about your actions yoga of action karma yoga giving back to society or maybe voluntary work or positive anything which you feel connected to my karma yoga is my podcast and i do also teach yoga for disability and things like that so you can find your selfless action your selfless action which helps even though we are living in this society and we are all connected we don't really realize that how connected we are we don't really every day day to day thing we always constantly in our thoughts in our mind and it's all about me 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 and so this is where when we start doing job or volunteer work where we doing for others naturally our heart open up we are creating this selfless service action and service is really really beautiful that's why this karma yoga concept is really wonderful many beautiful messages in that for example there is also message of maya illusion the whole world is illusion so what does that mean so here if we look at that what is reality what we think is reality is it real so if we start looking at this from the point of view of science as well that everything is made out of atom and so when we look at if we break the atom what comes out of it is nothing so we are basically made out of nothing so when we understand this we start noticing that how we hold on to things how we caught into this web of maya and how much you want to get caught into it how much you want to get tangled into it or is where avidya ignorance comes in so if we are ignorant about what's happening if there is no awareness then naturally we get more and more caught into this tangle of the web of maya but when we stop struggling and when we sit in stillness we start noticing that what is real and what is not real we start noticing this web around us we start noticing that how caught up we are into the material things about you know what other people will think or how we get connected or attached to the things which are not ours 
and all this understanding really helps us to let go so this is what bhagavad gita talks about like you know it's a yoga of mind so stillness yoga of meditation is very important bhagavad gita talks about the concepts like brahma atma which is the inner divine which we a unique fingerprint of divine and how we are all connected and the beautiful beautiful concepts like brahmacharya how to live your life like a brahma or like divine so according to bhagavad gita we have divine within us so if we start bringing that stillness and now that divine the acknowledging that that we are divine and then how the divine will react with other divine how we are going to connect and reconnect now you may start thinking that you know but other people are not that aware and so here leading by example you know understanding that you know how to balance the mind how to bring the stillness in our life how to be so strong and so compassionate at once how is it possible all these things are part of life you may find say that well you know this person is like that and how can i be compassionate with them so we start with ourselves we start with the compassion we can show others by example that compassion is possible and here almost we become fearless when we believe on this path of yoga when we believe this that the divine is within us there is a tremendous fearlessness comes from within and this is what bhagavad gita tells us arjuna asked a lot of practical question just like what is rising in your mind maybe listening to this arjuna is very confused and krishna explains the lot of questions really beautifully you know arjuna ask questions like why do i have to do this you know and how many times we ask these questions you know why why i'm doing this is there any point in this why do i need to you know act selflessly and arjuna asked this question and krishna answered this question it's beautiful if you can find any translation anywhere or maybe audio book feel free to listen you know it's really amazing and krishna also introduces bhakti yoga that is yoga of devotion and this is such a beautiful concept where when we start devoting ourselves to something which we believe in we become that so here krishna and arjuna become one because arjuna's devotion to the krishna so here krishna explains that how the devotion work now if you don't believe in krishna that's fine you may be believe in nature is the same concept that yoga of devotion work in that as well so you may devote yourself towards the nature and you will feel that connection and you become one with the nature so whichever really works for you there are many many ways to bring this bhakti yoga into day to day life and bhakti yoga is a really yoga of heart this is yoga of selfless love this is beautiful concept where completely surrendering to the divine whatever is divine for you you here in bhagavad gita the divine is krishna 
but in in your understanding if that is not for you that's fine you can devote yourself to whatever you're believing in and this devotion is so selfless that one day then you become what you're devoting to so the krishna basically embodies you and that's what happens in this bhagavad gita also arjuna keeps asking questions and then comes a point where krishna shows him his divine or cosmic form where krishna shows arjuna basically that krishna is everywhere you know and in different forms you know and different times krishna is there so we need to understand that we think that the time in this time we are living here and we are trying to measure the time with our watches and things like that but the divine works differently the time may be multifolded you know and the time may be you know works differently in a cosmic sense and this is where we need to tune into that you know when we start meditating the time works differently i don't know if you have ever experienced that you know when you are in meditation it feels different in deeper meditation so understanding of sense of the time is different the cosmic form of krishna was where arjuna sees krishna everywhere and that literally he just can't take it he thinks he tells krishna stop i can't take this this is really blowing my mind and this is where krishna talks about gnanam or wisdom mindful practices or here we can even say mindless practices where there is no mind that concept and also how the meditation can makes it possible how dhyana dharana is possible and these krishna also talks about the the stage where that stage even don't have a name because the sages truly believe that if we name something we're changing that form of that higher stage of meditation and how is that possible that possible by regular practice so regular meditation practice is really good for our mental health and if arjuna can go through it the prince who had everything working for him who was was never lost to war and still go through a total meltdown where he need to save his people if that is happening in that you know blessed soul who is arjuna then you know it almost like gives me solace that it's okay that if sometimes we also go through these kind of thing and we can also turn inwards towards our inner krishna our divine within and we all have this higher buddhi or higher wisdom i know i'm using a lot of sanskrit words today sometimes it is a little bit difficult to explain this concept in english i'm trying my best so higher wisdom is known buddhi buddhi is this is our wisdom which really understands what really we do need but our mind is throws questions and it and self doubt literally throws all the questions so that we start self doubting and this is how our mind works so krishna talk about that as well and how to come back to the reducing this stress by coming back to meditation 
So this is the yoga of mind from Bhagavad Gita's point of view. Again, this is very, very small, very, you know, a small explanation of that. There, uh, I can spend days and days on these chapters. Each and every chapter of this is really, really deep. Another concept in Bhagavad Gita is Sattva Rajasthamas. This means, Sattva means pure purity or balanced state. Rajas means active or happening state. And Tamas means inertia or non-happening state. And for this universe to function, all these states, these gunas or states are necessary. And uh, we will see this in the nature as well. So let me give example. So example of Tamas is we need rest. So we need to sleep at night and that is necessary. And we need activity. So in the morning we need to wake up and do our things. That's, that's the Rajas state. So restful state is Tamas. Active state is Rajas. If we do too much of the Tamas state, which is if we rest too much, become couch potato, that is not balancing, that is not good for us. If we do too much activity, and then that is also not good for us. Too much rajasik is not good. So we need everything in balance. And this balanced state is sattvic. So what is the balanced state? So sattvic state, so the balanced state can come from activities which are sufficient for us, sleep which is sufficient for us. So activities which are giving us full energy but not depleting the energy. So activities like asana practices, correct asana practices for our system or Tai Chi and things like that, which is energy-gaining practices. Daily activities also when we are functioning in our work. So we need the work, but not so much that it is keeping us awake at night. You know, So all this understanding of finding life balance is very important. And that life balance state or optimal health state is the sattvic state. So... If we start noticing that what brings that life balance state, that sattva state in our life, the more sattvic things we'll bring in our life, we will have more fulfilling and still more calming, peaceful and joyous life. So that's the concept of sattva. So in nature also you will see the rajas, tamas and sattva. So the tamas is inertia, non-movement. So let's take a seed. If we take a seed of a tree, the seed is basically dormant state and nothing happens. So that is tamasic. But when we plant this seed, this seed has everything in it to make a big tree, but it is dormant. It is not happening. It is sleeping. Now, when we plant it in a fertile land and we water it, what's happening is now the tree is growing. That's the rajasic state of the tree, the growth, the happening. And when the tree have blossomed or have fruits, that's the sattvic state. That's the essence of that tree, which is sattva. So this is how nature works. And when we start understanding from all the point of view, this is how the world is. So finding that balance, the state of sattva will bring us stillness in our life. So this is a really amazing message from Bhagavad Gita.
again there are many messages but i'm going to stop here today and maybe sometime i'll do a little bit deeper session there are so many beautiful concepts in this if you have any questions if you want to learn more i also do speak about this so if you want to invite me for speaking i'm happy to do that uh, feel free to email me thank you for being here today i hope that this podcast is helping you please let me know how this is impacting your life is there anything you want to hear please email me through my website and i'm happy to talk about that thank you so much for being here today bye for now thank you for tuning in i really appreciate that that you're taking this time out of your day don't forget to subscribe take care bye for now